Welcome to the Very Basics Podcast, a podcast about faith, Bible, society, and everything else in between. My name is Paul. I am a PhD student at Yale University. Uh, and you know what I try to do from time to time on this podcast is to sit down with thinkers, with writers, with teachers, uh, with everyday people to talk about you know the basics of complex ideas. And on this episode, I have my dear friend Hattie Lee. She will be helping us think about you know the somewhat basic question: What is the Bible? Um, and I hope that you listen to the end because she shares some very wonderful ideas um, on this episode. So. Let's get right into it without talking too much. Uh, Hadi is already seated, so I'm going to go straight to her and ask um, Hadi to introduce herself to us. So, you know, Hadi, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Paul. Um, hello, everyone. My name is Hadi. I am currently a second year Hebrew Bible student at right. Yale Divinity School. And this is where I met wonderful people like Paul. Yes. Um, and, you know, just nerds who, <laughs> <laughs> Nerd who, Bible. who love Bible and other things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So, you know, we, we prior to this, we've been like, talking about some of these um, points, some of these questions that I have for her. Um, but, you know, before we get into all of those, like, things that we've been talking offside and, and, you know, we get it recorded on the podcast for everybody else to listen to some of the conversations we have, you know, would you, would you tell us a little bit more about, like, yourself in terms of your journey with the Bible, mm-hmm. uh, whatever that journey would be? We all have journeys, right? We have yeah. stories yeah. and like, growing and up experiences. Yes. and stories. You know, like, church traditions and, like, outside of church traditions and you know ex- exposures and different things with the bible so cool. what is what is yours like yeah and i like you said stories because i would say my journey also is about stories yeah. <laughs> or it starts with the stories yeah. um so i am a first or you know 1.5 people say uh, generation yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um wasn't born here i was born in korea and then came to the states as a child and um, for a lot of Asian American folks, and also I think specifically Koreans and Korean Americans, um, church and Christianity, like they're a huge part of the country's history, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, and also the immigration experience. Um, so I grew up, you know, in a Christian household, um, specifically Protestant, more specifically Presbyterian, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and my parents were ministers. They were preachers church planters and so i grew up with the bible yeah um and probably more you know specifically stories from the bible um you know as children like you are introduced to a lot of different stories right right. whether they're and you're not really thinking about like are they real like are they historically true like that's not what you're thinking about when you're children you just love stories yeah (laughs) Yeah. it's like about people animals the world and strange beings yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) um things that happen to you that seem like kind of magical or like but also imaginable when you're a child and so I yeah I grew up with the stories from the Bible um, whether they're from pictures or books um, or from you know Sunday school people like telling you things or parents telling you things and they were fascinating yeah. um, there are very interesting characters and very fascinating interesting creatures and things happening that are like outside your kind of norm but you kind of 
tone question and you think like, yeah, why not? Yeah. Like, why why not split the sea? Why yeah. not, why not split the things sea? Yeah. come out of a rock? Why yeah. not, right? Um, and I think at some point by like middle school, high school is when I started thinking faith as like a very personal and serious thing. Mm-hmm. And part of that um, commitment to myself was to read the Bible as like, I want to see what the text says. Like, I want to read it on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was really fascinated. At that time, I was like fledgling, like I was like learning how to speak English really and read in English. So in my fledgling English, <laughs> um, I was reading like NIV um, Bible from like cover to cover. So I like just, I think I literally just started in Genesis and started reading. Nice. Um, and I was like, what are, what are these like weird terrible like awful things in here (laughs) that are really interesting and so strange that are like not you would think like normal ways of interacting with other human beings but also just super boring like lists like genealogy of names and numbers and geography that are like you can't even pronounce and this is high school right yeah and i was just like why do people read this this is like super weird Ah. um but also i found really beautiful things in there that are you know from like the psalms Mm -hmm. about human emotions like uh, parts of like the prophets that were like really about justice or like you know thinking about the human condition and um i think a lot of like the emotive parts Mm -hmm. of like characters of god yeah like god as a person was like what was really compelling for me to read i'm like he is so crazy and passionate very kind sometimes scary like and like you know the gamut of human emotions and i thought i found that character the most fascinating and and compelling and so i kept reading um and then at some point i think more relatively recent like maybe four or five years ago is when i was in a seminary and that's another story but um i I was And at that point, I was taking a course on Exodus, mm-hmm. and I was reading a commentary by this guy named William Prop, who uh, clearly identified as a you know non-believer, non-Christian person, right. atheist, who was writing about Exodus, which mm-hmm. I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. And in his commentary, he was basically kind of thinking critically about like the history city of the events described right. in Exodus. And like I think by then, like I knew it doesn't really make sense yes. to like read this and think like okay all these people left and exactly the same way because like feasible it's just not feasible like physically logistically um but i think the way he was kind of talking about the character of moses and you know some of the kind of descriptions of what is being described and his critical questions about like what it the text means Mm -hmm. um thinking of it as kind of literary you know product as opposed to like historical document was what made me kind of think more about like okay like how do you read this text um without or maybe at least like suspending the confessional part and just read it as like the text and like see what kind of questions and what kind of meaning you can make out of it um yeah and that's kind of what led me here Nice, like a lot of wonderful things in here. You know, I I I like two things, like the 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 sort of paradoxical relationship between what you love, yet a recognition of what is in there, 
in like the way you're mm. using adjectives like weird and you know crazy and like <laughs> you know and all of that uh, to describe it, it it may be new to a lot of people mm. like a lot of people listening to the po- this podcast may not necessarily have that kind of a relationship with the bible where it is the book that they love yet you know are able to recognize what like what is actually in the book, right? In how like difficult it is mm. to sometimes sit with some of the stories that it tells, and you know we're we're gonna get there, right? <laughs> we're gonna get there. <laughs> Big but, question. But also like um, the relationship between faith and the text, right? Which is mm. you know through the experience of the book you were reading about Exodus, and how you got to learn about like reading the book critically mm. which only means seriously right which only sure. means seriously reading is seriously yeah tearing it apart in and and listening to what the text actually says mm-hmm. without the influence of what you heard from church what you believe mm-hmm. about the world what you believe about god and so on and so forth and mm-hmm. those like that that kind of relationship is also you know difficult it's weird yes. it's it's yeah it, it's not something a that attention. a lot of people yeah there's a tension you know there right it's not something that a lot of people you know, know and have experienced like you have. So this is like a really powerful personal story of your relationship with mm. with the Bible. And we're gonna get to like how to read it and all of that. But before that, you know, we're talking a little bit off script about like what the book is, what what the Bible is, yes. especially in recognition that not everybody considers the Bible at the way we see it. Um, you know, as like one thing and similar thing mm-hmm, and universal mm-hmm. for everybody, right? Right. The people define it differently and that yes. kind of thing. So, you know, introduce us to that world. What what is what is the Bible? Yeah, thank you. I for I, I should have said that maybe a little earlier, but I think the first question I asked Paul before he even started recording is like, so when we say the Bible here, like what do we mean? What are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like are we talking about the Hebrew Bible? Are we talking about the Christian Bible? <laughs> Um, and you know, inherent in that question is the fact that like it means different things to different people, and yes. and but I think for the majority of English speaking folks, um, or maybe I should just say, kind of Western, mm-hmm. Western uh, civilization, Western cultured folks, like you think when you hear the word Bible, like it would most likely mean the Christian kind of canon, specifically Protestant mm-hmm. canon. Um, but the different, even within that Christian framework, there are many different traditions that include some books but don't include others. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, decision to like include or not include or consider one more authoritative than the others um, says something about already within like just one faith tradition with yeah. Christianity. Like, there are already like, you know, plethora of possibilities of yes. reading. Yeah. and to consider something more authoritative or sacred than others, right? Because yeah. the Catholics have a different Bible. They do. Um, Eastern Orthodox mm-hmm. and and those you know, traditions. Are, exactly. Like mm-hmm. and the Coptic folks, like they just have different, different yeah. texts. And when we say Hebrew Bible, um, and others would call it Old Testament. Old Testament yeah. Um when you say old, like you're saying like there's a new one, so this must be the old. But like oh for Jews, like there's only one Bible. There's only one Bible. <laughs> um, <laughs> And so, and also even within that, like, I don't 
know if we want to we probably won't get there but like even within the you know jewish canon like and then there are other like dead sea scroll fragments like that oh, did yeah. not make it you know all that jazz um, yeah <laughs> like i've never heard of the book of jubilees until yes. recently until recently yeah. yeah but it just said so that already just says something about like you know this book or the collection of books yes. it's a human product yes. that have taken you know long time for people to like come to some kind of consensus that okay we're gonna believe this yeah. is like this is the bounds of what is authoritative for us yeah. as a community yeah. um and recognition that that's not true for different communities at different times and i think that's just very human and yeah. i think bible as a whole no matter what parts you're referring to like yeah is just reflective and says something about human nature yeah um and human history a lot of ideas here right <laughs> a lot of great ideas i so i was i was talking to a friend you know about like they were asking me questions about the bible and i said i, I think that like if you buy a bible from the store from the bookstore mm. i think that the probably the first thing you should read if you don't understand me mm -hmm. is to read the preface of the bible oh because i think like yeah, I've read prefaces. Like, it's one of my fun things that I do. Like I pick different Bibles and mm -hmm. I just read the preface. Oh. And that's where you see like the translators like notes and yeah. comments, the committee that yeah, did the translation, the text on which like it is based, you sure. know, like what translation theories informs uh -huh. sort of, you know, some of the decisions that they made. You learn about like the background, the kind of education that whoever did the translation has, right? Especially yeah. if you don't read Hebrew or Greek or whatever. Fascinating stuff, yeah. You were basically, you know, reading what somebody has decided for you to read. Not in mm -hmm. a bad way, right? But mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm. that's that's essentially what it is. Yeah. Um, and you sort of like pointed out to a little bit towards that area because that's where we get the 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 the, the information, like the information of the the book that we have, like the basic information mm -hmm. of what we have in translation and what we are using, similar to what your tradition will call canon. Mm -hmm. Um, or what your tradition would call authoritative, right? Mm -hmm. It's basically been decided for you, right? Yep. Yeah, through like several ago. years of history, yep. it's been yep. decided for you, right? So if you think that the Bible is Old Testament or New Testament, it's because in your tradition, a group of people over a long period of time hmm. debated over this and killed each other over it mm -hmm. and, you know, decided <laughs> that this is what it's going to be. Right? Yeah. And then if you think that it is only the, the Hebrew Bible, it's whatever, then it's, it's similar for you. So... Mm -hmm. I, I don't know how much of that we all need to get into, but at least understanding a little bit of, you know, the genesis of some of these things sort of help, I, so. I appreciate. I think so. Yeah. I think it, in a good way, it should only increase appreciation yes. for what you have. Yes. And I don't know if we'll necessarily get there, but I, I did kind of notice just one more thing, like as you were talking about that tension between... You, I think you said like faith and text mm -hmm. um, and it's not exactly the same thing but like one other way to think about it is also like tradition and text right yeah. because the text is one thing and and it's connected they're connected but the what traditions you come from or you have you are part of whether you acknowledge it or not um, kind of in a way determines how you read the text mm -hmm. or what text you read but also like how you read it and I think being mindful of that or like being cognizant of like so yeah through what received tradition am I reading this text yeah. like again hopefully will you know only increase your appreciation right for what you're reading right right uh talking about like how to read it 
um, you know, at least as I'm familiar, is like this broad category of like reading it, reading it as scripture and versus reading it as literature or mm-hmm. taking it as literature. Um, and there's a lot of conversations to be had there, and there's definitely you know no way we're gonna finish all of that. But what does it mean to read the Bible as scripture, and what does it mean to read the Bible as literature? Oh, lovely questions, <laughs> but I love it. Um, I think a really straight way, straightforward way of putting it. I think scripture would um, imply that you receive the text as this you know divine inspired mm-hmm. word of god mm-hmm. that uh says something specifically to you like in and it means something to your daily like existence mm-hmm. um whether it's like your ethics and like how you should live or like how you see the world like basically your whole mm-hmm. being like that this is a meaningful there's like some meaning to be had mm-hmm. from reading this text that god is like speaking to you yeah. and that that could be you know depending on what traditions you come from again like some would say like that meaning is fixed and is universal and is timeless and oh, it yeah. means the same thing at every point for all of eternity for every human being um and these again these are like the words that you hear from like faith con- yeah. you know confessional places is like you know immutable and changing right yeah. or like um infallible or yeah. inerrant yeah. Um, and maybe in like other parts of Christian traditions, like people would say like, oh, but the meaning changes or like in the sense that like you make it applicable to your life and yeah. it means different things and pending like what community or time that that you're living in. And again, like there's that, you know, recognition that like meaning is maybe not so fixed. Yeah. Um, and people, and not just that meaning's not fixed, but also like, who and how you like who reads it and like where and when like yeah. that you read mm-hmm. um there is an engagement and there's like an interpretation and there's like an active like yeah. negotiation that happens between the reader right. and the text mm-hmm. that like you're seeing something that maybe wasn't meant for you mm-hmm. <laughs> or like um that you know the author however many years ago did not have you in mind when they wrote it um but you're taking it and saying like okay but I want it to, or I believe that this has meaning for me. So That's what is that? Yeah. <laughs> and trying to find that out, like is is an active, you know, it's an active engagement, yeah. like negotiation that happens. Right. And so I think the, so from the straightforward definition of like scripture yeah. to literature is a little bit blurry. Like I'm finding out that like, you know, you could consider it as like something sacred, but yeah. also from there to like thinking of it as like, piece of literature um there's still human engagement happening along the way like there's still you as the reader looking at something and saying like how do i make sense of this and again that's what i find really compelling about the bible is the the response and the engagement and like people trying to make meaning out of something that was written so many different years like you know so many times ago and and in different places and so yeah, not as straightforward as I thought. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's the that's like a, a binary that I think about all the time because like it, it sort of patterns itself um, along the same lines of oh, like the people who read it 
a scripture are the people who go to church they're the people who are in church they're the people who are mm. spirit filled they're the people who like you know honor God and they revere God and the people who read it as literature are the people who go to school right they're the people the who seminaries. like go to seminaries <laughs> <laughs> the people who read like tons and tons of books right and you know they don't honor God and they don't fear God and they're trying to like make less of the power and usefulness and relevance of the book and I'm like no way (laughs) what do you think about that like noting the fact that like these lines of scripture and text are sort of blurry to you what do you think about that yeah that's important but a really hard question because I in my most like generous (laughs) (laughs) uh, understanding like I do think there is something beautiful or like powerful about people who take um, the Bible, but honestly, you could probably say that about a different faith tradition oh, yeah. um, mm-hmm. and their sacred text, right? Like who read something that has been determined like over you know thousands of years, like as faith tradition, like this is sacred, this is important to us, we believe it to like mean something mm-hmm. um, to us. And so reading it that way and finding you know moral guidance or like maybe, you know, times of, and I, I think this is something that, I don't know, I think this is something that doesn't always get said or like aren't taken as seriously in like these academic <laughs> kind of institutions. It's like, there is a real power in like the history of um, people, especially like marginalized communities yeah. or people who um, have and continue to face like real oppressions yeah. um, to take sacred text, whatever, whichever one it is, like, and find comfort and strength and, um, and courage to like face hard things and like, you know, confront Mm -hmm. power and speak truth to power. Like, I think there's real power in that. And for people to draw that kind of inspiration from text, like, I'm all for it. (laughs) I think that's sacred. Mm -hmm. Um, but at the same time, like, there's also real danger and, um, it's really scary to also think about like people who read the same text mm-hmm. and somehow take uh, what they consider to be like divine and, and sacred and, and immutable like truth. And that's the only way and that is the ultimate, obviously, because that's God's word, like mm-hmm. to live your life. And like it, we have seen time and time again over oh, history, yeah. like that oh, yeah. is the one of the most like terrible ways that people treat each other and people kill and Mm -hmm. pillage and awful things happen when you use that um and maybe also that's just both of these things are very human yeah um and so scripture could be a beautiful thing and i think we have real examples of that um but i also don't think seeing it as literature necessarily takes away power from the text um, because I also think like good literature and you know I keep saying that like I'm not necessarily saying that the bible is like the pinnacle of (laughs) human writing and all of like some of it is badly written let's just say (laughs) some of it is not very well written (laughs) but you know good literature in the sense that like something classic um, that we have read for so long like that's what literature does it's like it you know, inspires you to do both great and terrible thing. Yeah. But 
it's the process of meaning making. That's right. Um, that I find compelling and yeah. I think is important. Oh my goodness! Like, you're so generous. <laughs> I I don't know. I'm feeling generous right now. <laughs> See that we are uplifting, like you know, all these approaches and like dissecting the nuances of what it would mean if you do it this way and if you don't do it the right way. Like what it would mean for humanity and the world and creation and so on and so forth. It's all fascinating. So is is there? Would you say there is a way, or there's like one way of reading it? Because I've had people say, "Oh, yeah, this is mm. one way. If you don't do it this way, it's not. It's not reading." Mm. There definitely is a way of reading. Mm. Um, hopefully, more than one. <laughs> hopefully, more than one. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I think about um, this is slightly off topic, but like just going off of what I said about literature earlier, like. One thing that I appreciated um, about this, like Asian American literature class that I took a long time ago, mm-hmm. was you know, the instructor like you know telling me or like telling us to like think about um, reading like with you know very very careful and like paying close attention to mm-hmm. the words yeah. um, and the language of of what we're reading yeah. um, and thinking about and i think you said earlier like critical which only really means serious serious yeah yeah and you know and especially if you consider it as scripture like why wouldn't you read it seriously Seriously, right right, yeah so like paying attention to the word choices like the characters like the verbs use like whose point of view Mm -hmm. um and what might be going on behind the scene like Mm -hmm why this like weird sentence structure or like why what's not being said as opposed to what's being said like kind of thinking about that as you're reading like i think opens up um the text to you in a way that should and hopefully like will surprise you um and not you know kind of like holding um some of those like assumptions or like what you've heard from others whether it's church or the you know pop culture like holding those extra things like around the text kind of like putting that on shelf or holding it loosely and trying to see what the text is saying um you know knowing that like you're not the most unbiased like (laughs) observer yeah but like you're also reading it from your own lens right but also like to the best that you can like trying to read very carefully and closely yeah. like what is being said and like see what where that takes you what kind of questions that come up for you and mm-hmm. that's how i learned to read in general and that's how i learned to read the bible too mm-hmm. and it is surprising yeah. i think where it takes you yeah. when you kind of pay attention to the little things um mm. and i think hopefully that is one way of reading yeah. and is not the only way of reading yeah and it allows for multiple readings. Yeah. Um, and again, like I don't necessarily see that as like a, a mutually exclusive way of reading from those who consider it scripture. Because mm-hmm. you know, if you want to believe, that, or you do, and like you want to believe that the text means um, something that God is speaking to you, like. Yeah. Why not many ways? <laughs> why not many ways? Yeah, Good why question. not multiple readings yeah. and not just one? Yeah, wow. Like, what you just said this last time is, like, really powerful. Like, powerful in the sense that it's, 
I think it's something that practically everybody listening to us can actually go out and mm. and try to do. You know, because like coming to the text with your own like your own held already held beliefs and not wanting to give up give up on those beliefs um, versus you know put it shelving it that's what you said like shelving it and paying attention to what the text is telling you by paying attention to sentence structure words verbs whatever and seeing like what what else can you see from there and allowing yourself to be surprised right the big word here is surprised mm. allowing yourself to be surprised I think that's like fascinating because personally I think that one of the things that really, that hindered my early readings of the Bible you know reading the Bible or encountering the Bible it's just like trying to hold in my mind everything that I heard in church and not trying mm. to throw it away or give give up on that mm. uh, but also reading it you know just as a way of like affirming the things that I already know externally about the Bible mm. you know so if God is kind and I'm reading Judges 19 and I don't <laughs> see all of these kind things in there and I'm like oh yeah I'm gonna <laughs> try to find a way it's a to make the same like you know argument that God is kind mm. you know even though I'm seeing that the text itself is not exuding any form of kindness right mm. Uh, and that can be applied to like several different sure. parts of the Bible. But it's the same thing, and that's why it's very powerful when you use the word surprised, right? Just be surprised in a good way, in a good way, in a way that is like leading you to discovery, into new knowledge, into adventure, into mm. like new experience. Yeah, yeah. and uh, that's such a, <laughs> I feel like you <laughs> summed it up really beautifully. I don't oh know if I said it like that. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, that makes me think about, um, Oh, I can't believe I'm gonna say this, but <laughs> in my in my uh, spirit-filled <laughs> church days, <laughs> yeah. um, something that my f really good friend um, used to say, it was like actually her aunt that I never met said mm -hmm. to her and that she would repeat was like, you don't, what, like when you read the Bible, like you don't, if you read it long enough, like you don't read the Bible, the Bible reads you, yeah. is what she would say. Mm -hmm. And I think, in a way, I think I actually still kind of hold that to be true mm -hmm. because, again, like in my current like academic pursuit of um, studying the Bible and seeing it as like a fascinating piece of literature, mm -hmm. what I find compelling really is that when you do read and then you, as you said, like putting putting some things on the shelf and then seeing what comes up and like it might surprise you, mm -hmm. like. And maybe what surprises you is that like, oh, my held beliefs and the text don't agree. Yeah. Which probably will happen more often than oh, people yeah. think once you actually do that. Yeah. But like in that cr creative tension of like, okay, maybe I th thought and t was told and believed that God is kind, but the text is not saying that or mm -hmm. text is saying the opposite. Mm -hmm. And then you have to struggle. You have to kind of like make sense of like, mm -hmm. what do I make of this? Yeah. Um, and I think in that, like trying to make sense of it is the text reading you. It's yeah. like, what, why do you believe this? That's and I feel like when, clapping, I'm clapping and, you know, shouting amen right now. Clap, um, <laughs> clap emojis. Um, yeah, like when they disagree or when they're in conflict, like you have to ask yourself like, okay, what is it that I believe? Like, what is the text making me think? And how do I reconcile or not reconcile? And what am I gonna choose to, think about these things like how do I make sense of it and it's, again like it's that making sense yeah. of 
these contradictions, which is like part of being human, I think, yeah. that is the most compelling to me. Yeah. <laughs> and trying to think about and study like so how have people in different places and times like across history try to make sense of it Mm -hmm. when it didn't make sense or like it was in conflict or like it was not convenient um and how different are those interpretations and looking at that history like what is what do all the different interpretations say about like what I don't know what being human is all about. Wow. And I find that to be really, really worth pursuing. Yeah. I, I think that I I I I wanna believe that people like people have those experiences, like sitting in that space where what you thought was true or what you believed as true is sort of contradicting with the evidence that you're gleaning from the text. Hmm. I feel like people have been there, but mm. like that that space, that stage of wrestling with what you once thought versus what you're now discovering, it, it takes a lot of hard work. It, like it takes a lot of commitment. And it's uncomfortable and it's difficult and it's hard and it's like, you know, it's it's new. It's an experience that we all don't want to be, mm. you know, experiencing. And so, like for a lot of people, they just give up on that. Yeah, this is not what it should be, right? I just give up on it that. It is hard work, yeah. But I, I think what I'm hearing from you is, if we sit with it for a little while, right, with all the discomfort, with all the confusion, with all the whatever emotions that we're feeling, we probably will get there. We'll get to a point where mm. there's some sort of reconciliation. It would not be like the kind of reconciliation that we are expecting, mm-hmm. but it would be like the going back to surprise. It'd be like the surprise that we need to be able to move forward. Mm. Um, and speak the truth about the Bible, knowing that like it is a good book, we love it, but it doesn't like do the kinds of it doesn't behave like somebody says it doesn't behave. <laughs> it doesn't do yeah, the some of, of them are not so good either. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and I appreciate the last thing you said about it being hard work. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe if I'm, I don't know what the word is, but like I think. I mean, isn't that kind of what the work of the church would be? Like, I think for pe- I, I think for people who consider Bible as scripture, like, I'm sorry, like that is your work. Yeah. that's what you signed up for. That's <laughs> like, what that's what you have to do. For people who consider it not as sacred text or like not authoritative for their lives, like they don't necessarily have to commit to that work because no. they can say like, this is just weird, and like I'll study it, but then yeah. I don't have to yeah. kind of wrestle with it for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, th- I think there could be um, kind of helpful back and forth where people who have struggled and have made meanings like could be something, you know, interesting and helpful for folks who are studying as, you know, literature and studying it as a literary document mm-hmm. and things that you gain from literary theories and like the ways of you know kind of critical theories that you apply and like you look at it critically um and that will that could help people who are struggling to make connections or make meaning like consider different ways and maybe that is productive and constructive um but yeah you are right i think that is hard work and i think maybe now i'll amend my definition like that is the work of people who consider it scripture that's right yeah wow great thoughts here um, so let's let's wrap it up. Um, let's wrap it up here. But you know, we didn't think about this. But like, I, I think it would be worthwhile for like people to hear some of the resources. I'm going to be talking about resources. Mm. So 
what are some of the resources you know that you think you know have yeah. influenced your life your thoughts your like you know about the bible in general what what are some of the resources that people should be looking at it could be people it could be books it could be like websites it could be blogs sure. that's maybe um i mean it's interesting to think about resources um i i i, I wish i had more of like a the handout type of thing that can, yeah. people can do easily yeah. but personally i think my greatest resource was uh reading community for mm -hmm. the lack of better words mm -hmm. um and you know in the beginning it was the it was a church and a faith community who read together and try to wrestle through texts together mm -hmm. um who like study the bible together right um but in a faith like kind of confessional context mm -hmm. and then now it's like group of people who read it but maybe quote unquote critically yeah. <laughs> um without held assumptions of like a confessional reading um but i think there is something to be said about reading in groups or reading yeah. together with people and thinking out loud and asking questions and you know because we all read differently like i will notice different things from different when someone else reads it mm -hmm. and asking questions about that and like i'm trying to make sense of that um and hopefully for listeners who are part of certain communities like that like it might be a lot easier mm -hmm. to read together um i wonder if i don't know this is not the definitive kind of text or anything but i think any kind of um any kind of like survey intro to like yeah. uh biblical text mm -hmm. like it's not to say like you like obviously you don't have to agree with but but kind of thinking about the history of how the books came together yeah. um would be a good resource i think for people yeah. to realize like no this the first five books were not written by Moses oh in one day. You just, you just got somebody out of the seat. Yeah. yeah like, <laughs> whoops. Um, yeah, but like, think about like the fact that these were, you know, stories. Yeah. They were disparate and like came together and became edited over time, yeah. like and reflects like a wide range of yeah. beliefs and cultural practices and and you know yeah thoughts about god but mm -hmm. then we're put into this one text like kind of trying to understand that yeah. might be crazy and like out there but also like see what that does to our reading yeah. like when you think about that and you read genesis like, and notice like yeah you're right like the story doesn't really flow well together here <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. some things are disconnected why is that yeah, yeah. and try to make sense of that like i i feel like might be a worthwhile exercise um and i'm just gonna go back to what i said earlier about close reading close reading like yeah. i don't think you need like a fancy degree or even um you know need to read hebrew necessarily or greek like to have just the text in front of you and like I don't know, like circle words that yeah. stick out mm -hmm. and like try to look up like why, you know, why is this written mm -hmm. in a third person as opposed to first person? Like try to think about things like that mm -hmm. and and kind of see what happens and see what takes you. Wow. Great advice. Great advice. Uh, thank you very much, Javi. 
we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Thank you. It was so enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> and for you listeners, thank you. Thank you for staying tuned. Um, I hope you do come back and listen to other episodes that we will be posting up here on the podcast, uh, broadly about Bible, about, you know, about the world, about, you know, anything, anything that we find interesting. So um, I'll see you in another podcast. Um, see you. Bye. Thank you.